0: welcome to the focus forward business podcast from sturdymckee.com
1: hey i am super excited to have stacy menz here with us um, for the focus forward business podcast stacy and i've been friends for a long time she is a founder of starfish therapies pediatric rehab provider um, here in California on the peninsula and and what San Francisco and surrounds. You'll tell us more about all that. Um, But also wrapping up her tenure as editor-in-chief of Impact Magazine for the private practice section of the American Physical Therapy Association, where you, I think you just told me that it's been six years. So your last issue's coming out. That'll be exciting. Um, And also a new mom. On top of all the rest of it, with you know, and the quarantine and COVID and the chaos and um, and all that. So, anyway, thank you so much for uh, doing this, Stacy, and being here with me. Um, first off, I'd just like for you to tell our listeners um, a little bit more about who you are and what what you do, in your words.
0: I'm Stacy, and I am a pediatric physical therapist, but and I'm the founder and owner of Starfish Therapies. Um, it's a pediatric physical therapy company. We have had OT in the past, but not currently. Our main office is in Burlingame, um, but we also do some satellite locations in Palo Alto, San Francisco, and Half Moon Bay. Although currently we're pretty much just in Burlingame due to the quarantine and the pandemic. I've been doing this, I realized, since 2007. So. 13 years now, which, Mm -hmm. again, we were just talking about how the last year of my child's life has flown by. Like, I don't know how that was 13 years ago, but it also feels like a lifetime ago. So I do that. That's my main job. As Sturdy said, I was, I am finishing up my tenure as editor of Impact, which has just been fabulous. Um, I've loved the people that I've gotten to come into contact with. I've learned so much because we Really look to target like the whole private practice arena. It could be niche practices. It could be the more mainstream outpatient ortho practices. There's a lot of Medicare, which is definitely not something I deal with being a pediatric mm-hmm. practice owner. We're a little bit more niche. So I definitely learned while I was doing this, also. Um, I will be glad not to have to write the editor letters. Sixty-six letters is a lot of letters, and coming up with something to say <laughs> <it> gets hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could probably just keep talking, but I don't know what else well, you want to know. I mean, we have. Well,
1: yeah. Uh, well, what, here? Here's one for you. I want to know how you got, how'd you get started in business.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> um, I can give. I'll give the medium version. So <laughs> I went to PT school to be a pediatric therapist came out after the balanced budget act, ended up taking whatever job I could get. So like I did a very brief stint in outpatient ortho while, and then I got offered a job um, at a hospital. So I did acute care and I stayed in acute care for about five years. Loved it, loved what I learned, loved all that. But I, our profession was switching to the DPT and I went to Boston university. They had an, the first on, their first online program for the transitional DPT. So I was like, well, let me just try this. Like I was at that like kind of professional, I don't want to say boredom because there was way more to learn, but like trying to figure out what my path was going to be. And so when I finished that, I was like, I went to school to work with kids. Let me see what's out there. And so I moved up to the Bay area after accepting a pediatric job. And while I was doing that, I just came into contact with somebody that was doing some contracting and just you know, listen to what she was doing and then just decided to branch out on my own for the flexibility. And then I just kind of grew it organically from there.
1: Do you is there anything about starting the business that you wish you had done at all differently?
0: There's the a beginning. million things
1: that I wish <laughs> I would have done differently.
0: Um, pick, I mean pick the a big first, one. <laughs> well, the first thing I always tell people is when you get employees, I recommend using a payroll company because when you do it yourself you have to pay the payroll taxes separately. If you transition that over to somebody else and they don't do that, your payroll taxes don't get paid and then the IRS shows up at your door. Oh so. my God, I,
1: I, yes. I will echo that sentiment. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> okay, so shifting gears on, that's a huge one actually. Shifting gears on um, a lesson what advice would you give a business owners who's struggling with having enough time? (laughs) Well, I mean, you look, you're a new mom, you're editor in chief, you run a business, you obviously have some skills around time management. Um, Even if it feels sometimes like overwhelm. that's, I don't think that's abnormal for most of us. Um, But yeah, I I can imagine there are some people going to be listening to this going, how in the world do you do that?
0: I mean, I'm happy to share. Again, I would agree like I do feel overwhelmed and currently our office manager is out on maternity leave and her replacements are not quite as trained as I would like. So I'm taking back a lot of things, which is fine, but it's not the fun stuff that I like to do. So I that it has evolved a lot over the years. And I'll be the first to admit, I am not a nighttime person. So like I am kind of done by like three or four in the afternoon. Now I can push myself, but I can't take on any big projects. So I tend to, if I can get up early and like get started, I also, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but there's days that I just don't want to do it. I don't want to dive in. So I have like what I call like my entry, like my gateway tasks. Like whether it's calculating productivity or something like that, that's, it's, it's almost busy work, but I don't mind doing it and I get started. And so then I do that and it's much easier to kind of go on to the next task. There's days that I don't need that, but there are some where I'm like, oh, I don't want to get started. I have a variety of things. I've been doing all of our social media also. Mm -hmm. So I like to, I was finding now that I've taken back on these tasks that it kept getting pushed off and all of a sudden I wasn't doing it again. So I've now decided like that, because it doesn't seem high priority, but it is important. I do that early in the morning because then, or first thing in the day, because then it doesn't get pushed off and just be like, Oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. So the things I know I have to do, I kind of do those a little bit later because I will have to make the time for them. Whereas like social media, which seems frivolous, sometimes i'll do that first because it's easy to push off i don't know if that makes sense or not it
1: makes total sense i love your idea around kind of the gateway activities Mm -hmm. right when you're stuck because i mean we all experience that i mean and i guess that's one of the things too we'll talk about in a minute but so many business owners i encounter feel like they're on their own but what i get to see working with a bunch of different business owners and over the past number of years and an eo for a decade before that is we're all experiencing the same stuff. We're just doing it in isolation, you know? So we feel like we're on this island, but it's the same thing everybody else is dealing with. So yeah, people, I mean, I get stuck, we all do. And um, But I love that idea of doing something small that, you know, gets you into the rhythm and then you can take on more and more. That's that's a, a brilliant one I haven't haven't actually heard before. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's awesome.
0: I gave it that term because somebody talked about rosé one time being the gateway wine to white wines. <laughs> and so I was like, it's my gateway task. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it's great. It yeah.
0: Works. The other thing I've done as being a mom and especially with no child care and being home is I was getting exhausted because of the dual focus. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he can play independently and do really well. But when he can't, I shut, unless it's something I have to be on, I will shut down work and go give him attention for that little bit and know that I'll make it up during his nap or I might have to work after he goes to bed. Mm-hmm. But it became easier for me to do that than try barely pay attention to work, barely pay attention to him and feel like everything was falling apart. It took twice as long to do things that way.
1: Oh, that's great. And that brings up a great point. We don't multitask very well, despite what people like to say. Um, Cool. So I once heard someone say this quote, business is a problem. The only question is what problem will you be facing today? So as business owners, when we wake up, something's going to go wrong today. (laughs) It's just a matter of how big, how small, what it is now. Um, So what challenges are you currently facing in the business and how are you working to overcome them?
0: Um, oh, I feel like I have, as usual, a bunch of challenges. So I would say, I mean, right now, the challenge everybody's facing is just COVID and the pandemic and com- bouncing back from that. Um, I think we pivoted and kept things moving, but I don't know if we're like, I'm still working on getting us to where we need to be. Um, we're a lot closer. So I'd say that's like the biggest challenge challenge. My other biggest challenge is always staffing. I feel like there's enough patients to go around, um, especially in the pediatric world. I feel like we tend to be very like collaborative with each other. Like I've been on a lot of meetings of local pediatric, whether it's OTPT, speech, business owners, just talking about the pandemic and stuff like that. Um, so I don't necessarily always feel like I'm in competition for the kids, but for staff, I feel like it can be very hard. Um, I'm a small business. I can't compete mm-hmm. with CCS which a lot you know has government funding behind it I can't compete with like the hospital settings um in right. terms of salary or benefits so I think that that's always my challenge and think my biggest anxiety trigger is that I'm going to go to work and everybody's going to quit <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well this is hugely important because I can imagine people listening going like wow you're you're very accomplished you've Done all this stuff you've been running your business for 13 years and you know I guess from the outside so many times people look at it and think oh you've got it dialed in we've all got it dialed in it's fixed you know it's just on autopilot whatever and nothing ever is right I mean so that's thank you for sharing that it's hugely important for people to hear that you know they're again they're not alone so what's your go to the positive side what's your proudest moment in business
0: I guess As a therapist, it's always like when your kids hit the skills that they've been working towards or have a major leap. As a business owner, I am super proud of the therapists that have come out of our organization. I got a super backhanded compliment by somebody at a con ed one time that was like, oh, we love when we get therapists with Starfish on their resume. No, (laughs) no. but I mean, so I re- like we take new grads a lot of times, most of the time. And I really like that development and encouraging them to be critical thinkers and mm-hmm. curious and stuff like that. And so to see them blossom and flourish and the parents really like want to hold on to their therapist, um, mm-hmm. but also be willing to try other therapists, like, because they found that While there's different personalities, there's consistent care. Um, I'd say that's one of my proudest things because it allows us to impact that many more families.
1: Cool. Thank you. Um, So what's the biggest thing you've learned recently that you kind of wish you had learned like 10 years ago?
0: I still don't know that I fully learned it. Um, Or
1: internalized.
0: (laughs) But Well, like I understand the importance of it. I don't know that I'm very good at the skill yet. But I mean, just like financial planning and... Mm modeling and forecasting. And sometimes it's, there's things that I just, just like as a therapist, there's things you don't know that you don't know. Like when I'm trying to make um, strategic decisions, which is something I'm always constantly working on because as a therapist, you kind of lead with your heart sometimes too, but knowing how, so like for instance, like with COVID and I brought, you know, bringing the whole staff back, well, maybe it might've been better to like bring them back at 90% and hold on to cash for a little bit longer, but you know, so just things like that, like knowing what my options are for making strategic decisions. And so I'm starting to think that way more, but I still don't know if I know how to tease out the options. And I don't know if that all makes sense or not.
1: Oh, I think it totally makes sense. Um, Yeah, that's all part of the evolution, right? Is we know we need to learn it or you're doing it at least part way. Can we still get better at it? I think, yeah, in every, almost every case. Um, so no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so are you, do you, and all the rest of the things you're doing have time to be looking or reading any business books? I
0: do off and on, I tend to listen to them more and I did a lot more when I was commuting. Um, so right now, like I have not had chance as much as I would like. Uh, The last one I was reading though and I haven't finished it yet was um, Scaling Up Excellence I think it's called Uh because that's something I'm always looking at because we've grown big and then like we've kind of shrunk again and so I know we have a lot of systems in place. I also know a lot of them aren't scalable right now so constantly finding ways to make things scalable or how to like grow and not lose the culture we have. Um, how to be able to hand off responsibilities of mine, which I got to practice with my maternity leave, which was great. Like I, I am totally yeah. great with, I love delegating. Like I don't want to micromanage, but, but it's also how do you hand things off and not lose the element that you bring to it. And it's not gonna be the same as mine, but like, you know, just like our therapists all have different styles, but you want them to have that same care and passion and like realize the things that are important.
1: No, right, cool, very cool. Um, So what other business owners or CEOs would you like to acknowledge as a leader and should maybe be a guest on this podcast in the future?
0: Um, there's a lot. You um, know a lot of people. <laughs> I, I know. I would say my f- main go to person all the time is Kelly Sanders. I, I love her. We talk about business, life, all that stuff. But, um, you know, she has a great way of looking at things and getting things done. And I'm always amazed by her. And then I would say in the pediatric world, um, I mean, there's again, A lot but like so lisa mackle just got out but they had sort of gone um i don't know that it's exactly venture capital but like they'd gone kind of that route and she's now retired but like they're still involved in that she just is no longer day-to-day running the practices but they were getting you know so growing in a way that maybe some of these ortho practices are but as a peds practice which i think is really interesting to see and then drew haverstock um in the india chicago indiana area he's really grown from just being like mobile to having clinics and getting into hospitals. So again, like he came from a business background. So it's just really interesting to see what he's doing and trying to figure out how I could potentially, or do I even want to do something like that? And then um, locally Mark from agile, I think is great also.
1: Yeah. Mark. True. Very much so. I haven't invited him yet, but he's definitely, he's already on the list. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Cool. Um, are there any other thoughts you want to leave the audience with?
0: Um, really we left out. I would say one thing that my dad told me very early on, and I feel like it might have been around the whole payroll tax issue, but I just remember beating myself up and being like, "I messed up." And he said, "It's only a mistake if you make it again." You know, and I tell the same thing to our therapist with you know the kids, like you're not going to have a bad session unless somebody gets hurt. But it's like, what are you going to learn from that, like? what so same thing like learn from the mistakes that you make and um just don't let them happen again make different mistakes next time (laughs) Um, and then i would say don't be afraid to ask or talk you know you might not know what you don't know but just talking to other business owners even in different industries they might say something that might spark a thought in you or they might ask you a question um And so I've done so much learning that way when I don't even know the questions to ask, but just talking with them. So.
1: Cool. Thank you. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate you being on. Um, It's always nice to connect. haven't talked in a while, so this is super happy to do that too. But uh, yeah, very cool. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah. Thank you for
1: having me. Thank you for listening.